There the you CEO go. and founder of Klaus, also known as a cocktail whisperer. Welcome to the show. Tiara, thank you very much for asking me. Uh, you can't see outside, but it's a, you know, from where you are in, in, in the tropics, it's snowing yeah. outside. So it's, uh, it's all white and sparkly. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure it's beautiful over there. And, you know, today we're going to talk about something that's fun, right? You know, how to unleash oh. your niche and um, specifically cannabis drinks. So um, let's dive into it. You know, maybe give me a little bit about your background to, to start with. Well, you know, I've, I've always been interested in food and beverages, and I'm really interested because through, uh, through no fault of my own, I, my family raised me traveling around the world. I'd seen most of the world by 16, and we'd go many times during the year, and it, it was a uh, upbringing like no other, and it involved a lot of beer and wine, and especially wine, and, and then in later years, it involved, uh, you know, craft spirits, although they didn't know it at the time. But the things that they were drinking would be connotated as sort of as craft, I would think, small producers. And I, I always had the idea that I was going to become a chef someday, but I didn't know how to become a chef, especially since there were great family pressures on me to become a lawyer, something I didn't want to become and I would never become. So uh, I had the opportunity through my own impetus to go to culinary school. And uh, that was after washing a lot of dishes and seeing how restaurants work from the inside out, not just reading about them in a book. And uh, I worked my way up from there into a, a fresh pasta business down in Charleston, South Carolina and Hurricane Hugo, which caused me to uh, put my life on hold for 20 years where I worked in a in a private a series of private banks in the trust department as an executive assistant, not fulfilling my dreams and certainly not doing what I was supposed to be doing in life, which was working in the hospitality business. So there you are. Oh, uh, I know you have a, a colorful history related to hemp. Like, how was that influential to your experience in cannabis beverages? Oh. It, it, well, you know, I've been uh, using cannabis, uh, you know, to smoke, to, to get high since I was like 12 years old. So uh, there was there were hippies in my family. My yeah. uncle uh, was a was a, a true hippie, you know, graduated from college in 1969. I was born in 61, so I'm not a youngster. Um, and, you know, there was always weed around. I've been to a lot of Grateful Dead shows, probably more than I should tell you, 300. Uh, we smoked a lot of <laughs> sounds like it sounds like it um but specifically hemp i know you had uh well yeah hemp, you know hemp, hemp has a great story and it it reminds me of when i used to uh spend a lot of time on my family's sailboat down the caribbean mm -hmm. and uh the lines that put the sails up and down uh when you buy them in any other place other than the united states they're made of mm -hmm. hemp Okay. Uh, the United States, until recently, required you to use nylon lines for uh, for yachts over fifty or fifty five feet because they're it's just the rules and regulations of yachting. Uh, they're not very efficient nylon lines, and they break very easily out at sea. And repairing them when the ship is going up and down is yeah. is, uh, is is tricky. Whereas hemp. Uh, literally, if you cut it with a knife and wind the 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 uh, you know 
whatever they are, the 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 parts of the hemp that uh, that go together. The fibers, uh, yeah. Literally, the fibers literally grab onto each other, and you don't even need to use tape because it's uh, it grabs on in the in the salt yeah. water, and it becomes even stronger than it was before. It's really uncanny. I've never seen anything like it. But when you come back into the United States waters, and there's might be a boarding or an inspection by the Coast Guard. And if they see you have hemp lines on your sailboat or on your yacht, you're in a lot of trouble. They usually fine you ten thousand dollars a foot of uh, or or you know tonnage. So if the boat's you know fifty tons, uh, that could be a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar fine. Wow, a very serious infraction. I remember, you know, my stepfather was alive then, but I remember that he said to the Coast Guard guy as they were finding him $10,000 a foot for the uh, for the size of the yacht. And they, the, he said, you should put some of this hemp rope into a pipe and smoke it. And if it gets you stoned, I'll pay <laughs> the fine. And if it doesn't, I'm not paying the fine. He never paid the fine. But they couldn't bring the boat back into the United States waters for years. Oh, wow. It had to be in the British waters because it wouldn't be uh, seized by the Coast Guard for non-payment of, uh, of a fine. Oh, wow. Yeah, you don't well, that's, a, that's a color, colorful story and just to give you some perspective on uh, uh, the hypocrisy of, uh, <laughs> of, of hemp. And, you know, the world would not have been discovered if it wasn't for hemp. Because you know you might be able to weave a uh, a sail out of indigo, but as yeah. far as putting the sails up and down on a mast, yeah. you need rope to do that, and ropes were made of hemp. Exactly, exactly. And if anyone follows the the history of the United States, you know that George Washington was you know a big supporter of hemp, and a lot of the founding, a lot of the founding fathers, yeah. Right. Yeah, they were encouraged to use hemp, and you know, it's an, it's an incredible tool. We're only discovering now some of you know some of the applications. I'm I'm not a, a big proponent of CBD, so I'm not going to tout that one. But I will uh, say that as far as making some good stout rope for a you know for a three or four million dollar sailboat, that's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah. And then transitioning to class, like what inspired you to create the the brand? You know, I uh, I'm a master mixologist. I work for a company that put me to work as a rum judge and uh, rum national brand ambassador. I taught at the Moscow Bar Show in Russia, a master class on, uh, on non-manipulated craft uh, rum. Um, I don't drink anymore, so uh, that doesn't mean I can't work with alcohol or work with, uh, with beverages. You know, I have a passion for it. I've written six books on mixology. My most famous book is this one. There we are. Cannabis cocktails, mocktails, and tonics. I think I'm on the ninth or tenth printing by now, which is pretty good wow. considering it came out in 2015. Um, you know, it, it chugs right along. It was not a uh, a big seller at first. I've got a lot of negative reviews because you know, back in 2015, 2016, no one was drinking cannabis. The only people who were drinking cannabis were people like myself who were stoners. So yeah. it was, uh, you know, it, it got a lot of bad press. And then uh, this press started becoming really good as people realized that you could, you know, enjoy a, a well-crafted cannabis beverage and no one has to know your business. There you go. So mm -hmm. uh, 
you, know, you can have this beautiful beverage that drinks beautifully, that offers certain aromatics, that's not a seltzer, that's like as, as beautiful as going to your favorite cocktail bar and having a, you know, a perfectly crafted mixology level drink using the best ingredients in the world, and there's no alcohol in it. What I use is full spectrum, single strain craft THC, you know, craft cannabis, not tincture. So this is uh, this is very interesting. There's terpenes that are re-added, which, mm-hmm. I, which you know I had a, a lot of reservations about. But when you realize that through the emulsion process, it strips out all the smells and the flavors anyway. So you have to re-add it in at the end of the process to give you the scent and the aromas that you're looking. You know the aromas and the flavors that I'm looking for. And I, when you crack open the can, it smells like freshly you know, freshly cured cannabis. It's really mm-hmm. uncanny, uncanny stuff. Um, and it works with the other three ingredients that this drink possesses. Uh, when you look at the other drinks that are on the market, most of them are made with industrialized materials on a base of sparkling water. And, you know, they're they're amateur hour for me. I mean, they, they, they're meant to attract a, a seltzer drinking audience. And I understand that. Uh, Klaus is not a, a seltzer. It's... Uh, it's a carefully crafted uh, mocktail, you know, THC cocktail that uses the best ingredients in the world. And those are the Pickett's Extra Hot and Spicy Ginger Syrup from my friend Matt Pickett, who I had a relationship, you know, in the bartending industry with. I've used his products for years and years and love them very, very much. So we're using his ginger syrup. It's cane sugar based. I'm using a... Uh, <laughs> Annabella is here. There you go. Hello. It has the uh, Labergere Boiron uh, Lime Puree from France. They pick uh, limes in the Caribbean, so they have a very specific flavor. They're tangy. They're not sweet. There's no sugar added. Uh, And then I'm using a a product from Japan, which is called Mirin. Mirin is a rice vinegar comes in two different varieties. One is sweet with extra, with tons of extra sugar and flavorings. And I took the one that's dry, so it doesn't have any added sugar. It's just a vinegar derived from rice. So it adds this wonderful tanginess to the, to the drink. The emulsion, the Vertoza emulsion, which is absolutely magnificent, is based on the strain called Hippie Crasher. And it's a okay. indica-leaning hybrid so it gives you wonderful talkativeness, uh, body relaxation, uh, wonderful calmness, and then mm-hmm. the best darn sleep you ever had in your life. Uh, it comes on in like five minutes or, or fewer, and uh, wow. the, the high lasts for about four hours or so. I think that one, one of the little eight ounce cans will be selling for about $14.99, and it's like drinking two uh, high grade craft cocktails in a bar. Okay. And you said, you said it, uh, you feel the effects in five minutes or fewer. Five minutes or fewer on a full stomach. Okay. And how is that? How is that possible? Oh, it's just nice. I mean, last night I did a, uh, a broadcast for the cannabis beverage association and mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I've had quite a few of these, but I hadn't had a, quite a few of them on a full stomach. I was mostly drinking them on an empty stomach. And mm-hmm. you know, 10 milligrams is 10 milligrams. It's not, yeah. not slouched by anyone's standards. But uh, for me, it wasn't getting me high. So, uh, you know, I have glaucoma, so I smoke weed all day, every day. And, you know, you've got to give me something that really 
it's not a matter Back of high, high, high THC. You know, high THC I think is flawed. To, you know, it's it, there's it's a flawed dialogue. It, you know, chasing THC is flawed. I get higher on ten mil, you know, ten uh, mg's of THC rather than something like thirty milligrams of THC. I mean, it's just all, it's all marketing. So, I had a full stomach, and I and about ten minutes after I had dessert, I came upstairs to do my uh, my radio show or whatever it was, podcast thing, and uh, I got high. I felt it come on in my stomach through my chest down my arms and my head and it was so marvelous it was the experience in cannabis that i was missing and there it was that i had it and there it was that i had the opportunity of doing it and doing it on you know quote unquote on live tv which was very interesting i wasn't certainly not out of control by any means but the point was that i felt like i was experiencing the effect that i was talking about on the uh on the broadcast it was it was very special it was very sounds, original. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. And then as far as you know, the the ingredients and sourcing the ingredients, what what was the whole process for putting all that together? And who who is this that you uh you this is this is this is Klaus. This is the gnome. Uh you know, the drink is is called a Meserol, and it's named for a guy named Mez Mesero, who is uh coincidentally Louis Armstrong's weed dealer during the jazz era. <laughs> so he has very little to do with Klaus, but the name of the <laughs> the, the name of the of the drink is a meserol, which is a slang for a well-rolled cannabis cigarette. But the brand is Klaus, named after my 1800s German drinking gnome right here. Klaus. Oh, he's traveled all over the world with me. He's been everywhere, <laughs> and he's been held by kings, presidents, and dishwashers. There you go, <laughs> full spectrum. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> famous he was famous before i was <laughs> and you know just just hearing a little bit about the background of class like uh, you know what type of cannabis consumer is this for well it's you know it's it's for an upscale drinker it's for someone who, yeah. who specifies the the whiskey that's in their uh in their you know stone fence or or in their mint julep or mm -hmm. you know whatever they're interested in they, they want to know what someone else doesn't know. And, and you did ask, you know, how did I source the ingredients? Yeah. And how did I create the recipe? Um, the recipe is, is essentially a spicy ginger daiquiri. It's, it's okay. you know, if you look up a daiquiri and then mix it instead of with, with simple syrup, you use ginger syrup and then add, you know, whatever you add to make it spicy, you can use spicy bitters. You can, there's a number of things you can do. You add a slice of jalapeno, whatever you want. Um, but it's, you know, that was the idea. I, I love the idea of a ginger daiquiri. And I'm also creating mm -hmm. drinks for the places that the drinks are being enjoyed. In California, you want to have uh, a drink that goes along well with the type of food that's being eaten. So in, in yeah. California, it's Pacific Rim. And so you have Asian food, you have Indian food, you have all different types of ethnic cooking that's going on. And I wanted to create a drink that would be absolutely delicious with those types of food because I have a formal wine background and I've always been entrusted with pairing the specific types of wine and regional wines to different types of food. Why should cannabis be any different? And why should a cannabis beverage be any different? It doesn't have to be. It can be exactly what you want it to be by using the correct foods to go with the correct spirits or, or beverages as it will. Yeah, and then speaking of that, like what, uh, 
what type of beverages and what flavors do you offer at uh, Klaus? Uh, well, Klaus, so, is gonna have, Klaus is going to have three SKUs. I'm not going to give uh -huh. you the other two yet because we're not uh, we're not formulated yet and we're not trademarked yet. So I'm not okay. talking about it yet. But the trademarked one, uh, the Mesrol, is uh, is the spicy ginger syrup. It's the uh, the lime puree from Lavergere Boron in France. And it's the uh, the rice wine vinegar. Or not rice wine, but rice vinegar. I keep saying rice wine. I want to say rice wine, but there's no wine in it at all. It's just rice vinegar. Um, you know, it's simple. It's crisp. It's aromatic. It's refreshing. It's fun. It quenches your thirst. It makes you hungry. It sells your stomach <laughs> at the end of the evening. It's got all the elements for a great a great drink because it does all the things that you want a drink to do. You want it to make you thirsty. You want it to sate your thirst. You want it to settle your stomach. You want to make you hungry. It, you know, recipes that have vinegar in them are really important because it does wonderful things for the gut. And, you know, when you think about the fact that I wrote a book called Bitters and Shrub Syrup Cocktails, and it sort of harkens back to the day of the 17 and the 1800s when most of the water that people drank was poisonous. And they, you know, that there wasn't a whole lot to do. I mean, they didn't go to offices to work. So there were, uh, plenty of time to get drunk and mixers were hard to come by. So, you know, vinegar suited uh, many to make things called shrubs or, you know, kombucha became you know important. And, yeah. and I love taking these early recipes and twisting them up and adding wheat to them and getting stoned. I mean, that's what I like to do. You know, I, I, I've earned my keep in life and I can do whatever I want. And uh, this is uh, what I choose to do. As far as the, the three three options you shared with me, which one's the most popular? Uh, well, the the only one that's out on the market is the uh, is the Mesrol at this time. They're really, okay. really out since December. I mean, this is only it's been less than a month. Um, <sighs> I'm only in three dispensaries, and one only one of them is selling in actually on the shelf at this point, and that's the uh, the vault in Cathedral City. We'll be at Soulful in uh, the end of February, and then we're going to be at Tory Holistics in San yep. Diego in the end of February as well. There's a couple more that we're looking at up in San Francisco. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, I don't have sales, and uh, until recently I didn't have uh, PR either. So it's uh, you know, it's a process that's extraordinarily organic. And it's how to do things with as little as money as possible. And, you know, we have incubator financing from Sands Lane, which is incredible. They financed me 100%. And, uh, you know, when you have a dream and a talent, you can do anything in life. Agreed. Agreed. And I remember, you know, tasting that, uh, that mocktail at Hall of Flowers at the uh, Above the Clouds event David yeah. Tran and Fairchild put on. And uh, I was, yeah, I was really pleased with the experience and really enjoyed the the drink. And yeah, that, that was really uh, what sparked the interest in bringing you on the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's, uh, I, I get a lot of accolades and a lot of notice out there. I'm not really quite sure why, but uh, when the beverage speaks for itself, and I know it does because it's simple, it's not, you know, 14 ingredients of uncertain provenance and uh, based on, you know, ingredients based on things that you really shouldn't be having anyway, is like corn syrup. There's no corn syrup in my drink. It's cane, it's pure cane. Uh, we're, each can, each eight ounce can is uh, 16 calories. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's next to nothing. 16 calories is, 
is incredibly light. Uh, there's 0.6 of a gram of sugar in the entire can of Klaus. Wow. That's wild. Our next closest competitor has almost three times that. Yeah, and you know, speaking of your consumer, uh, you know, you said this is tailored to, towards the kind of it's higher price, right? It's uh, sure. fourteen fourteen ninety nine. You said uh, for, we'd like to see it sold for fourteen ninety nine. I'm sure it'll okay. be on the you know out the door for that. Uh, then again, they you know they could price it at twelve ninety nine. Um, I'm happy to say that I don't have anything to do with that. Even though I'm CEO of the company, I stay well okay. clear of that one. You know, that, that's where you get guidance from people who might know just a little bit more than I do about pricing. But we're making our, our piece and, you know, hopefully it's a, uh, it's a, you know, and as I said, we're using all culinary ingredients instead of industrialized ingredients. So there's a higher cost for using the real thing rather than concentrates. Mm -hmm. And then how do you plan on, on reaching this audience? You know, you're, you're, you're really, you know, your go-to-market strategy, like how do you want to get in front of these, I guess, these higher... That's, yeah, that's I mean, that's a struggle for anyone. We've, we've engaged a PR firm to, yeah. uh, to help us with our struggle. Um, but essentially, it's, it's, it's my efforts. I use uh, Instagram mm -hmm. uh, frequently. I'm very happy with, this, with the platform to a, to a great extent. Mm -hmm. I, I wish that I would get fewer uh, pitches for guns and drugs on it. <laughs> I mean, it's every day in my inbox. People want to sell me things like guns and drugs. I, I don't understand. But, uh, you know, all you can do is block them and hope they go away, which they never will. But it's, it's it, at this point, it's just amusing. Um, and I guess it's part of life. You know, you can't always control what your platform is going to look like. And I try to make the best of it. Uh, my partner, John, is absolutely brilliant. He's doing incredible things at our, our uh, Instagram site, which is drink klaus at drink klaus with two k's yep. he, he gives like little movies and uh it's it's very talented creative stuff and it's a lot of fun to watch and you know if you ever want to see me laugh out loud that's the way doing it <laughs> well i got some ideas for you i guess on reaching that customer audience um uh, you know i i think you already you're on the right track i i know tori holistics down in san diego and that's that's in the northern part of san diego near ranch of santa fe so that's near a high net worth area and i know tori holistics does, does delivery throughout that region so right. you already got a head start there uh soulful's up in santa rosa uh, and also sebastopol it's sebastopol yeah yeah so so that's a, a good market. You might want to look at uh, like Marin County as well as another another option as far as like you know high and then just the general Bay Area, mm -hmm. you know, um, down there. Uh, I mean, pretty much all of the Bay Area. It's it's really, it's really expensive yeah. to live up there. So you know, the the problem that I have out there is not necessarily a problem because the you know I'm looking outside and it's it's snowing at a pretty good clip right now, and I imagine. Yeah. Whenever I get out of my uh, my hotel or or wherever I'm staying in the in the Bay Area, and every day is just nice. <laughs> Even when it's not nice, it's still nice. And I'm like, wow, is every day like this? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> hmm. yeah, yeah. Every every day is nice. Uh, I mean, and it, it's all relative, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm slipping on the ice, and I want to make sure that next time I'm out, I, I, I spend at least a week so I can uh, try to get New Jersey out of my system for five days. And then, you know, it'll be like one day and I'm back when I'm back. But still, it's, uh, it's nice for old bones to not have to worry about sliding on ice. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I was speaking with, with a friend yesterday up in uh, uh, Marin County, and she, she has a delivery service, and we were just talking about, you know, reaching this, um, you know, the different audiences, and she really speaks to the kind of like high net worth uh, soccer mom up in that region. Sure, absolutely. Uh, is that, like, what, what, what uh, different archetypes are you trying to reach with your product? Like, if uh, you I, well, we're looking for people, who, as I said, who traditionally would be attracted to things like craft beverages, okay. and and they're and they squeeze their own juice for their cocktails. That's a good sign. <laughs> uh, they make their own ice. They squeeze no their syrup, own huh? juice. <laughs> producer spirits. They, uh, you know, instead of blended scotch, it's single malt scotch. Instead of blended bourbon, it's it's straight bourbon. Instead of you know, uh, uncertain rye, it's, you know, straight rye. Uh, you know, they're using uh, botanical gin instead of uh, beef eater. You know, they, they understand the, the individuality of ingredients and why the, that is important. And they wanna have the very best. They wanna, when they're drinking with themselves or drinking with their friends, they wanna have the very, very best on their table. If you look at their wine cellars, they have, you know, it's well-chosen wine, generally not plunk wine. Having worked mm -hmm. in you know, the formal wine business for, over, for almost 50 years, I'll, I'll tell you that, uh, that the, the, the amount of money that's in people's wine cellars is mind-boggling. So uh, then you have the other side of it is you have people who don't want to drink anymore, like myself, or found themselves drinking too much, like myself. And want an alternative, but don't necessarily want to uh, drink a soda. So that's why you know beverages like like Klaus are so important because you can serve it in a nice glass, and it really upscales the experience, and uh, and it's a lot of fun. And, and your your neighbors probably won't have it unless they've you know unless you told them where to get it. Because I'm not selling every place. I'd like to. I'm being very selective where I would like to, to it to be sold. I'm not yeah, looking to be sold in, uh, in, in server shops. Yeah. Yeah, understood. And that would be uh, one of your clientele. I don't drink alcohol. And I, I love uh, specifically like ginger-based drinks. Yeah, there you go. Right? It's great for the gut. It's great for the gut. It's, it's so good. I mean, ginger was, was, yeah. was used on sailing vessels when you get seasick. You put a, a spoonful of ginger syrup in your mouth and yeah. toss it down with Angostura. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You gonna take a little smoke break there? I'm gonna take a little <laughs> smoke break. Well, yeah, right. I have a kitty break, so. Oh. Don't, don't get a kitty second. Uh, oh, she had yeah, yeah. She just it took off. So. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked a little bit about you know how fast the uh, yeah the the beverage hits your system. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. How does your pop, your body process, you know, a drink versus a traditional edible, like a cookie? Yeah, or well, yeah an edible has to pass through your liver and okay. a, uh, a beverage just goes right, is assimilated by, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not probably not explaining this right. But when it, it gets into your saliva glands and your throat mm -hmm. 
and it's assimilated by your body very, very quickly, um, especially under your under your tongue. The saliva mm-hmm. glands under your tongue. Yeah. That's that's very. Those are great receptors for for cannabis infused beverages. I, I love to taste the cannabis infused beverage. Like I taste wine. I like swirling it around my mouth. I like swirling it in the glass to release release the the aromatics. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of fun to drink that way because at the end of the day, it's not just about getting high, it's about an experience. It's about a social experience. It's about drinking something that isn't hundred milligrams in an ounce. It's something that really is, is very elegant and, and a lot of fun to, uh, to enjoy. And it quite potentially will change the way you think about the beverages, the other beverages that are on the market. I'm not saying that they're bad, but I think they're boring. And, uh, you know, when I was at the Cannabis Drinks Expo, not the last time, because I, I did speak at the last time, but it was the first time at the Cannabis Drinks Expo. And I went up on stage and I said, you know, cannabis drinks suck because they really do. They really do suck. And, uh, you know, as a, as a mixologist, as a bartender, someone who understands the way things taste when you put them together and mm-hmm. you know, how to make a buck in front of it in, in, a, in a cocktail bar, it's, it's hard work. And the, the drinks that I've seen out on the market have not impressed me at all. I mean, there's a couple that impressed me, um, but most of them don't. And uh, I wanted to see what I could do and hopefully do it better and hopefully do it in a way that's... Uh, that allows people to think that, you know, that's not pretentious. It's something that's, uh, it's just good ingredients simply prepared with love. I mean, that's all I want in life. Yeah. Yeah. And specifically for the beverages, do you think they're going to help us normalize cannabis socially, you know, much like the way alcohol beverages are? uh, I hope so. I mean, I, people have been, I've been on these, uh, these message boards for legalization of cannabis in New Jersey, and they're talking about all the roadblocks the towns are putting up. They Mm -hmm. said, said, why don't you just open up a bar, you know, save yourself all the trouble, open yourself a liquor store or a bar, you know, it's going to cost you less, you're going to have less trouble, and you won't, you know, I, I understand that you want to go in the weed business, but New Jersey's not the place. You know? No? <laughs> no, they're put, they put you through, through, through the real rigmarole because it's so conservative here. Yeah. Yeah, do you think the cannabis trade uh, drinks will be a replacement for alcohol drinks in the future? Uh, I'd like to say in, in places that don't have the stigmas that we have here. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to say that. Yeah. But, uh, I, I grew up with uh, very restrictive family rules regarding my cannabis smoking, and they warned me numerous times to stop, and I didn't stop, so I came, got myself disowned by uh, an extraordinarily wealthy background and, you know, shut off emotionally, physically, and mentally. So, you know, I, I've been there, done that. And all I can say is it would be nice if, uh, if drinking, a, you know, a, a little house beverage was, uh, was the key to being accepted by my family. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're, they're too far gone. You know, we don't no. see someone in 40 years that sort of says things. <laughs> yeah. It sure does. It sure does. And, you know, speaking of that, like, what do you, what do you see as the future of cannabis drinks? Uh, oh my gosh. I, I really, you know, I want to be an advocate for them. I want to mm-hmm. be able to be a guide to my peers. I want to be able to help others raise the bar by using good ingredients, um, not industrialized ingredients. If you have mm-hmm. to make, you know, I, I, I come from, as I said, I come from craft spirits, so you don't have to make 
necessarily 100,000 gallons of Tito's vodka a day to call it craft. It's not. It never will be. It never was. It, you know, it, it's one drop of craft pot still spirits in a, you know, train car full of, uh, you know, MPG, whatever, M M MGP, you know, liquor. It's, it's just garbage. And it's amazing how people are fooled. But, uh, you know, look at politics. That, that should say everything. So all I can say is, you know, when you use good ingredients and you prepare them easily and make them so they taste fresh and taste sparkly on your tongue and give you an experience that no one else has in the, in the cannabis industry, I think that's a good thing. I mean, I'm not looking to be the only one. I'm looking to be one that helps others become better. That's what I'm okay. And being an expert in the, you know, in the mixology and drinks, um, you know, in, in craft cocktails, uh, sure. What you know, as a as a regular consumer, what should we be looking for to to judge the quality of a of a drink product? Well, there's two ways of looking at it. The first way you want to look at it is what if someone's drinking it to replace alcohol, so they don't mm -hmm. want to be reminded of the fact that they drank alcohol in the first place. They might be alcoholics, so you don't want to make a drink mm -hmm. that tastes just like a mint julep for them. They're not going to be happy with you them, with you because they are trying to get away from alcohol not going towards alcohol. Got it. I try to do is I try to make drinks that emulate themselves. So I use ingredients that are traditionally bartending ingredients, but in a way that I may not have actually added alcohol to. Case in point, the, uh, the you know, the Klaus beverage, the Meserol, um, certainly you could add, uh, you could add rum to that, but the original incarnation of that drink in cannabis cocktails was as a non-alcoholic drink and it was a drink using bartending ingredients but it mm -hmm. never had rum in it at all it was rum was optional the agricole rum was optional but it was a drink that was every bit as bright and refreshing and crisp and delicious as having a drink that had you know two or three ounces of rum in it it didn't it had 250 milligrams of thc so <laughs> I'm a bad boy. <laughs> uh, you know, just kind of continuing on and, and thinking of the ways that uh, you're going to enter the market. You know, you're you're fresh on the market. Uh, you know, where where are you currently currently being sold? You said California. Yeah, just California uh, right okay. now. We're you know we're talking, Guillermo. We're talking about licensing it to different places around the country. Okay. But until I have NDAs in place, I want to make sure that uh, that I don't spill the beans too heavily. Yeah, but you know, but there are places that uh, that 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 I would want to be in that 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 kind of excite me. That you know, places that I might have uh, personal connections with or past history or you know, mm -hmm. look what happened to me now, and you know, this is what I'm proud of, yeah. and that's really important because you know, as I said, I'm 60. Um, I feel 35. I look probably somewhere in there, somewhere. Um, <laughs> somewhere in the middle. I, yeah, somewhere in the middle. I, you know, I, I love what I do. I'm truly passionate about it. I'm the luckiest man in the world to be able to have this chance in life. Um, it's a, uh, I call it like a catbird seat because I have the opportunity of, uh, of seeing over everything, but, uh, but not being too, too much, too bossy. Yeah. How does it feel to start a company at 61? Oh, my God. 
<laughs> it's, it's great. This is the best experience of my life. I'm having a great time. I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it. I mean, there's a lot of, they would love to, they may not love to have me back in liquor, but I wouldn't be, uh, I don't think I was missed, but I, I still write about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we can tell in the, in the passion for the drink and, and, you know, based on all your background and, uh, you know, your contributions with the, with the different, uh, the books that you've created, do you have anything, do you have any, any new books coming out in the future or anything? No, that you'd like I mean, I, I, I was talking, I'm talking to uh, Jamie Evans about potentially putting together something, but, you know, it's, it, it, we're fortunate that we're in the same publishing house, so I don't have to worry about throwing away my contract to work with someone else. But I, I mean, I, I contribute quite a few to a, quite a few books and I probably have uh, uh, at least six or seven books I've contributed to in the past few years. Some of them like the Oxford Encyclopedia of Food and Drink in America. Another one was another Oxford Encyclopedia of Drinks and uh, Food in, uh, in New York City. It was called the Gotham Issue. I talked about cocktails in the 1800s. But, uh, you know, and then I get, I'm in all sorts of cocktail books, like the uh, Emily Post book I'm in, and, and the Ellen Holland book, Weeds, I'm in. I have two full pages. I'm in the February High Times. I have a full page in the February issue of High Times about Klaus. So that's, that's really cool. And we didn't get it by uh, doing pay for play. It was just, you know, I responded to a query on Facebook yeah. for information and it turned out to to follow with a full page in, in high times which is really cool uh benjamin yeah. adams did that for me i was really impressed oh that's awesome that's awesome and you mentioned uh jamie jamie evans and she's with uh herbaci right or how do you are, herbicide herbicide, herbicide. Herbicide. not herbicide 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 um do you think your your product and her product are speaking to the same audience uh yeah definitely similar I mean, okay. yeah, her her you know hers only has like two milligrams of thc so it's really a very very light experience but i i think she's such a wonderful person and i wish her the absolute very best and i helped her in the beginning to, for her to get her publishing contract as i said she's in the same publishing house that i am and it's uh you know we're, we're friends for life whether you know whether we're in competition or not is another story for another day but the point being is we love what we do. I can tell that she loves the, the beverage industry as much as I do. And uh, I love to be able to partner with her. And last night we did a podcast, you know, a, a broadcast, uh, you know, like a, a happy hour for the Cannabis Beverage Association mm -hmm. and she and I together. So it was very nice. Oh, oh that's, that's wonderful. Um, is there anything that you'd like to share before we, before you log off here today? What I, what I really want to share is if someone is in California and mm -hmm. they're interested in trying Klaus, it is drinkklaus.com with two Ks okay. or on Instagram, drinkklaus, again, with two Ks, um, that they would go into their local dispensary and ask for the dispensary to carry Klaus. We have distribution all over the state of California, both with... Uh, I believe Hard Car is going to be doing some distro for me. Okay. And also uh, I'm with uh, Sense, S-E-N-S-E, -E, that's Latham Woodward. And he has samples available, both in metric and uh, whatever else they do. Um, so it's a, uh, it, it has to be done organically and it has to be done by osmosis. 
I believe that uh, that sure you can go out and you can pay for salesmen to uh, to sink for your supper all over the place. But unless I'm out there with them, I don't really know what they're doing. So I think the best way of growing the business is by asking your dispensary to carry Klaus, sending us an email at retail at drakeklaus.com and saying, hey, listen, I live in so-and-so place. How can I get Klaus to, you know, here and give me a contact name and we'll contact them and we'll get them samples and see if they're interested in selling it. I mean, it's as easy as that. I, I can't be every place, you know, running the company out of New Jersey, but I can use uh, email and I can use the telephone. <laughs> I can uh, use great podcasts like this to get my, my you know, my word out. Yeah, and uh, you know, you, you shared a lot, a, little, a few of your social media profiles. I know that uh, you're uh, you're a writer as well, uh, so you know, really follow Warren on LinkedIn as well. Uh, that's where we connected, and um, you know, any anywhere else that people can find you and support you. And will, will you be at any events in California this year? Uh, well, um, I definitely I'm planning on coming to the May Hall of Flowers. I okay. definitely will be in, in at Hall of Flowers. That'll be. A, a, I asked uh, Chris Gonzalez if I could bring a card table and a folding chair because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have twenty thousand dollars for a booth, you know, or whatever it is. It's expensive. But uh, I I'm not going to the Emerald Cup. I'm going to Martha's Vineyard instead. So uh, you know stuff like that I, I i'll be around you know when you're running a company and uh i'd rather be traveling than sitting at home in new jersey waiting for life to come to me i like to come out and get find life myself so same with me well your uh you know open door policy here in puerto rico if you want to come down and visit let me know I'm happy to host you i know uh know you have uh, a lot of experience down here but would, would love to have you <laughs> yeah, you know, I would love to. I would love to get to uh, Culebra again. Culebra there you go. was one of my favorite places. Vieques was nice, but it was a little off the uh, beaten path. Uh, Culebra was just friendly people who harkened back to my childhood in the seventies, sixties, and seventies. It was nice. It was very friendly to me. Well, let me know. Uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs> thank you again, Warren. Appreciate the the time and the insights and. Uh, you know, everyone go ahead and visit uh, drinkklaus.com. Go ahead and support Warren. Great drink. I've uh, indulged in that uh, during the Hall of Flowers events. And, you know, I've nothing but uh, positive feedback here. So go ahead and check it out and, and ask for that in your local retail store and support Warren. Follow him on social media, as he said, Drink Klaus with two Ks. And, uh, you know, we'll catch you next week, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Cheers. That was great.